Welcome to the Sports the Show. I'm DJ Pat Nasty, and I'm here with Tiny and Dr. Jim. And we also have back with us a co-founder, Malcolm Marzette. Nice to meet you. Always great to hear from Malcolm. I'm so Malcolm, happy we hello. have him back hey, with Jim. us. Tiny, what's up? So. What up, what up? Normally, this show uh, kind of pertains more so to current events and sports and current topics, but we're going to go a little bit off track and we're going to go into a bit more of a nostalgia filled the sports the show this time. Uh, history. History. Exactly, Jim. We're going back and looking through the last 40 years uh, and talking about some of our favorite players, some of our favorite moments and some of our favorite decades in general. And at the end of the show, we're actually going to all cast our vote for what decade we liked the best as our favorite and what decade we actually thought was the best. So a kind of a heart and mind thing. But we're going to start way back in a day, in a decade when hair and fashion was kind of the same as it is now. The 80s. We're going back to the 80s. So imagine, if you will, uh, an era before Michael Jordan even started playing. Uh, you know, he didn't get into the league to the middle of the decade, but we have a decade where you see the previous decade yielding multiple championship winners, no real huge dynastic uh, type of movement. You see the Warriors win, the Trailblazers win. I believe Tiny got a Bullets win, if I'm not mistaken, in that period. Uh, that was late 70s, but... There you go. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. So the 70s was such a different era in the NBA and the NBA had not yet hit on that level of stardom that it needed to propel itself into the kind of staple sports of America. So we go into 1980 and you have a young Larry Bird and a young Magic Johnson coming in as rookies and the rest is history. We all kind of know the story from there, but I want to talk with you guys about what was really grabbing to you guys about the 1980s. What was really your favorite moments, favorite players, and just what did you think in general about the 80s compared to the last 40 years? I'm going to start with you, Tiny, and we can just kind of go around. Yeah, so uh, the 80s, like you touched on, was kind of this transition from some 70s greats, um, especially in the early years when uh, you know, Bird and Magic and eventually Jordan and Ewing and all these greats and Olajuwon are getting drafted. So what I loved about the, especially the early 80s, was these young guns coming in and still playing against um, the, the Sixers of that time were one of my favorites because they had that combination of the old guard and new guard. So Moses Dr. Malone. J was still yeah. hanging out. Moses Malone was still hanging out. Uh, and then young Barkley comes along and I'll say that maybe, uh, of the eighties, just to go, not super obvious, young Barkley was one of my favorites. He came out of college out of, you know, Auburn, like yeah. the state of Alabama, this like kind of like funny, uh, boisterous, 
incredibly athletic, like not like the Adonis body that you would expect out of a basketball player. So I really loved young Barkley with those young Sixers. Um, so my memory of the eighties and I wasn't alive yet, but like as basketball was on, everyone knows the Celtics Lakers story, but those Sixers were awesome. Um, to kind of try to compete with the Celtics years, uh, you know, in the playoffs. So that's kind of my favorite story of the, the eighties is, and one of my favorite players of the eighties is Barkley competing against these giant stars, but he was a star in his own right in a hardworking town. And then to bookend that at the end of the eighties came along those bad boy Pistons that, uh, didn't break through championship wise um, until 90 and 91, I believe, but they were the Eastern conference during that era was just so tough. And um, I was a, a baby. I was born in 1984, but looking back on that, that's my favorite part of the story um, of the eighties. And I'm going to go ahead and throw it to the other 1984 baby, which is, uh, <laughs> which is Jim. And uh, see what he remembers from when he was just, you know, sucking on bottles and whatever the hell else he did in Georgia. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, you and I, Tiny, are, are we're the, the the oldest ranking members of, of the podcast, our yeah. elder statesman. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, um, you know, for you and me, at least as historians of the game, it's, it's kind of unfortunate that we, you and I were born when we were, because we were born right in the midst of the Lakers Celtics, you know, rivalry, you know, bird magic, like Mm -hmm. just that, that whole bad blood between the two and that you and I, I don't have any memory of that. Um, but that really, as I was growing up, um, you know, the, the Pistons uh, with the Lambeer teams, uh, those were a, a, a ton of fun to watch. Uh, but my first real consciousness, I guess, of the NBA was, you know, those early bowl teams, uh, you know, where they won three in a row from 91, 93, um, mm-hmm. and then skipped a couple of years and won three more. Um so I feel like at least, you know, for, for tiny and me, we were kind of robbed of being aware of that Celtics Lakers rivalry, right. uh, yeah. the short shorts, you know, the high socks, um, the, the, the smoky arenas, just kind of that whole, you know, last final era of that style of basketball so like, game really changed beyond, beyond, uh, consciousness, maybe just on, uh, the history you speak of. And you know what? I'll throw this in real quick. The warm-up jerseys of the eighties were awesome. Oh, they were uh, super dope. Yeah. They were some but of the best jerseys uh, ever. They were leisure suits. <laughs> yeah. The jerseys were so cool. Um, and all the style, like you said, Pat was great, but Jim, just to like, based on history and yeah, I know we were still kids, uh, pick a player from the eighties. Maybe that's not magic or Larry, that uh, you just remember, you know, that like caught your caught your attention just like based on like old highlights. Um, I'll take a uh, 89 year old Kareem. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I did like yeah. old school Kareem. That's a good call. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. He he rocked, man, and he still, you know, did knee the pad respect, Kareem. Committed, he committed to the entire bit. I loved it. Oh yeah, yeah. like it. 
Um, let's go to Mal- Malcolm next. Yeah. Or Pat? Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's go with Malcolm. Yeah. Go ahead eight, because I know you've got eight, some gems the, on the eighties you the want 80s? to drop. It's yeah, Malcolm. the eighties. Um, like you know, I wasn't born until in the nineties, but me I and Malcolm both nineteen ninety. What my brothers uh, would say, and uh, they mostly like they loved Isaiah Thomas, like. They yeah. really Zeke. enjoyed Isaiah heavy, um, especially being a Chicagoan and then seeing him come up uh, through the ranks. So mm-hmm. if I pick the team that uh, the more I watch this, like the last dance a little bit, I, I, mm-hmm. I kind of like Detroit a little bit. More. It, it makes you really they were unique. The I was and like, there was the 30 for 30 dope. on the Pistons as well. And the 30 for 30 on Rodman, which heavily well, yeah, covered the Rodman, Pistons. Young Rodman, Sally. And then Isaiah, to me, as well as that head coach for that team. Yeah, Chuck Daly. Even college Isaiah was interesting, how he was at Indiana through a lot of other greats going through college and was not an afterthought, but like had to go up against so many great teams. And people forget that his college career, he was amazing in college. Well, he played under Bobby Knight and also... uh, He was was also the last undefeated team... Uh, yes, in college basketball history, to win the championship. So, um, coming in on the late '80s, though, the Detroit Pistons, uh, they they won eighty. It says eighty-eight and eighty-nine. So they did. They won yeah. those two back to back. So I'd have to put. I, I want to put them in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I could see how you get overlooked when you when you see like LA and Boston going back and forth. But I really like Detroit. Like that's the team. And I even like the Detroit from the 2000s. I don't want to get too ahead of myself. But, um, and if I had to pick a player uh, from back in the day that kind of stood out just from watching tape, it's Oscar Robinson um, going back to, um, honestly, 71. Just the way he played, to me, seeing him in that era, being an oversized guard, he was the precursor to the Magic Johnson, precursor to the Scottie Pippins and the LeBron James. And even yeah. Barkley, like you said, being a... Uh, a dual threat kind of guard. Or, Was that the year um, that he averaged the triple double? He averaged yeah. he averaged the triple double in the sixties with the Cincinnati Royals. Uh, um, yeah, so he in, um, invented that. This game yeah, is sick. This game. If you want to go back, I know I feel more old head as of late, but I, I go back and I watch that tape, and it's undeniable. Um, the players well, he's playing gets debatable, but if you put him in the same <laughs> situations now. Um, he could still do some damage. He's one of those kind of players that any 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 level. Same thing with Julius Irving. Any level you put them in, and you'll be like, you'll be like, damn, like those cats is making plays. Well, that's so, good you brought up Dr. J uh, because that's where I was going to go with uh, Dr. J. You know, had a very interesting beginning of the decade because he came out of an ABA situation with the New Jersey Nets who later shifted to the NBA, moved to the Philadelphia 76ers and uh, won a couple of titles with them, Moses Malone. Uh, Tiny, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe Chocolate Thunder Daryl Dawkins was with them for one one of their championships, and then he went to Utah. Uh, But I I don't know if he was still around, actually. I I may be mistaken. He might have already been out in the late 70s. But anyways, uh, so you enter with a Sixers team coming into some championships, 
and you have Magic Johnson as a rookie his year come in, replace Kareem Abdul-Jabbar at center and help the Los Angeles Lakers win a championship his rookie year. That's a you great know, memory. You know, I just think that that decade yielded three of the best players in NBA history in general uh, from their kind of full career spectrum and Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, and Isaiah Thomas, even though they all retired at different periods in the 90s, the 80s were their decade. Uh, yeah, this is correct. This Daryl Dawkins um, out there. Yeah, absolutely. From New Jersey, going from New Jersey to Philly and, and that merger. Yeah, no, the, Dr. J, Dr. J. Yes. Dr. J was, yeah. But uh, but you have, I think, the two best point guards in NBA history in that decade playing, and that's Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas. Um, you know, that's up for debate with a lot of people, but Magic Johnson was one of the greatest passers there's ever been, and Isaiah Thomas was the first true small guard we have ever seen uh win a championship and the detroit pistons were also the third ever team to repeat championships in the nba if they had gone for a three-peat they would have only been behind the celtics who had dominated in the 60s for so many years but you know So basically what I'm just trying to say with the 80s is the 80s were where you saw the competition in basketball kind of dwindle to instead of it being a randomized team winning year in and year out between, you know, the Celtics, the the Warriors, the Portland Trailblazers, the Supersonics, the Washington Bullets, and so on and so forth, you now saw... Yeah, exactly. You now saw the begin the beginning of dynastic tendencies in a competitive sport versus what you saw in the 60s where the Celtics and Sixers and Lakers and St. Louis Hawks blew everyone out because they had the five best players in the league and there was no real competition comparatively. But the players were still great in those eras, don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying the 80s were where you saw team basketball go to a new level you saw coaching styles come out and influence uh you know styles that we see in the 90s and 2000s such as the triangle offense you had uh oh i can't remember his last name but the tex i think it was tex winter was the assistant coach for the chicago bulls uh, who was under Doug Collins and actually instituted the triangle offense and later Phil Jackson implemented it with the Bulls dynasty. But I digress with that. I'm just saying the 80s, I think, was a birthplace for basketball competition and commercialism in basketball because you see the Converse ads coming out. You see... Uh, you know, some various players getting to kind of a superstardom level in the media. Uh, and it was just a transition period, I think, from the NBA dark ages to the age of 
media presence where you have an East Coast, West Coast rivalry most of the decade. And then you have the blue collar spoiler coming out at the end in the Detroit Pistons. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you also see the budding careers of the two of the players that are going to completely dominate the next decade in Michael Jordan and Hakeem Olajuwon. So I think all of that just shows how great the 80s were in general. But moving on to the 90s, uh, as Malcolm Mm. alluded with the Pistons winning back-to-back championships, you see a Michael Jordan coming into the early 1990s, not yet being Mike, not yet being fully Air Jordan, still being Michael Jeffrey Jordan. So we go into the 90s from the 80s. You have Magic Johnson uh, looking like he's going to still be a strong player in the twilight of his career and the Lakers are set up to win. We see the Los Angeles Lakers play the Chicago Bulls in the first championship for the Bulls. Uh, The Bulls end up winning, but you have magic going out of the NBA due to uh, contracting HIV and the lack of knowledge on the subject, the lack of uh, exposure to the facts of HIV versus the fiction that was portrayed throughout the nation about that topic, Uh which forced him into an early retirement when Magic Johnson, I think even, you know, with HIV could have been an NBA champion easily yet again with that Los Mm -hmm. Angeles Lakers team had he not retired. But that's a different, you know, if you guys want to touch on that yourself, you can. But uh, you see the 90s then transition to really a league of just superstar faces. Shaq, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant at the end of the decade. Kevin Garnett out of high school. You see high school kids starting to come into the NBA as a wave. You have Vince Carter. You have such a wave of new players that are coming in from college and high school that really uh, show that the 90s are a decade of just youthful players in the NBA. You're seeing a lot of different trends developing in the NBA. But I want to start with uh, you, Malcolm. So with the 90s in general, you and I were both born in 1990. So, you know, we we grew up with the 90s, but we didn't grow up with the 90s kind of mentality. You know, basketball, we we grew up with the 90s around us more. So how did you feel about the 90s? And looking back, how do you feel about the 90s in general and talking about, you know, what what do you what were your some of your favorite moments and players from the 90s? And where do you really just kind of in your mind rank the decade of the 90s in terms of basketball greatness? Absolutely, Pat. Um, We were born of that era. So to me, 90s basketball was embedded in me just like eating like younger chicken nuggets at McDonald's and like Monopoly. It was like they weren't white meat chicken nuggets back then. And um, yeah. And I remember even as a kid as well, just certain uh, situations where because 
my mom and have my family's from Chicago. So it was always like bulls, bulls heavy. And I had a teacher who was, um, you know, from Wisconsin. I remember like big, big Packers fan, but she was also going for the jazz at the time. And, you know, my mom was like, yeah, nah, man, no, we're going for the bulls all day. It's nothing. It's no other concern. So to me, the bulls were almost bigger than basketball. So uh, favorite team, of course, in the nineties is the bulls. But as I, as I looked at players and growing up, there, there were other younger players that I saw on the horizon in the nineties as well, that I love that I, 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 I gravitated to um, as a youth, like the Vince Carters and kind of seeing the dunking getting more elevated and just how mm-hmm. uh, more two way and multiple player position positionless basketball basically transitioned into yes. that way. So you had yes. the Chris Weber. I was a huge Chris Weber fan. Huge, mm-hmm. huge Chris Weber fan. So um players like that and then you led to the Kevin Garnett's and then you led to the Kobe Bryant's um of the world and Tim Duncan's of the world. Um and then also leading into um also the Dirk Nowitzkis. It's kind of like it finally got everything that was built on in the late eighties, early nineties in that Olympic dream team was building towards that redeemed team. So we were kind of like that link in between the two, but, um, I enjoyed the jerseys, man. Some of those supersonics jerseys are impregnated into my head. Those Utah jazz jerseys are, are in my head. Those even, Phoenix Suns jerseys. Right. It's they were like my favorite Phoenix jerseys. The black and orange was dope. The, uh, the Orlando heat. magic the old Magic jersey. I had a Magic jersey and I had um, a Minnesota Timberwolves jersey. Those were the ones. And the Magic the pinstripe was dope. Yeah, just like all that that whole wave. <laughs> Even the purple Diner Ra- Raptor, uh, the Vince Carter Raptors jersey. And don't forget the Vancouver Grizzlies. <laughs> exactly. So um, just seeing all of that and then um, the emergence of Allen Iverson, Allen Iverson, yeah. Chris Webber were the two for me that were like, Oh wow, this is the next wave in my brain. Yeah, and then Kevin Garnett, those are my main yeah. three players that I was like obsessed with. Okay. Not so much Kobe until later, but, uh, cause you had yeah, Shaq yeah. still. Yeah. Right. Uh, you still had Shaq. You still had Penny Hardaway, uh, little Penny. and uh, also Anton Walker coming around too. So I hope I'm not naming too many people, but no, it's just no, like, and you have so many people, even Grant Hill, you know, yeah. <laughs> you it was a lot. Grant Hill, you know, so there's so, so many people to, to look at. So I, I'm interested to see what, uh, your tiny, your perspective on, uh, what you saw yeah. transitioning into the nineties and, uh, some that, of your memories. Yeah, man. The nineties like was basketball was my life in that decade, um, without a doubt. Uh, I was going to do a Chris Weber bit, but you, you can always do that. Chris Weber bit. Oh, no, do the Chris <laughs> Weber bit, tiny, do the Chris uh, Weber I love, bit. I love Chris Michigan. Weber at Michigan and I loved him on the bullets and I loved him on the Warriors in those early days. Um, and you're, and you're right. Um, it was a decade full of really great players that were already established and really great players up, up and coming. And this is when, this is, you know, the the decade that promoting basketball really took off. So mm-hmm. um, growing up where I grew up, this was when everyone like bought jerseys. Like it was a thing to have like a lot of jerseys. So I had like 
you know, I had the Shaquille O'Neal Magic jersey. I had the Bulls number two Weber jersey. I had the or Bullets. I mean, Bullets number four Weber jersey. I had yeah. the Bullets number four Chris Weber jersey. So that's yeah. why I was going to say Chris Weber because I literally had three of his jerseys. Um, but like, so the the marketing of basketball was taking off, and also I want to touch on like, I'm not going to say it was the greatest, but this was like the last big man era where there were like almost mm-hmm. you know the power forward like really great big men you know you had ewing Olajuwon, david robinson uh a young dikembe more defensively ostertag um, and let's call it let's let's throw in ostertag alonzo morning alonzo morning you throw in sean bradley you throw in carl shrimp you throw in sean Sean Kemp. Oh, Alonzo Mourning. Uh, Zoe. Yeah, <laughs> Alonzo Mourning, even Sean. Rick Shrimp. Or Rick Rick Shrimp. Rick Smith. So, like, this is, like, it's not the last time, but this is the peak of the time um, when you're throwing it into the posts enough and those teams that had that dominant post player uh, go on. So, I'll okay. uh, be brief here because I could talk about 90s basketball for literally three we hours. Could. But... So to go to what we were uh, started the show with, maybe my favorite player of the decade, um, yeah, is maybe Hakeem Olajuwon because watching him play, watching him play in between the Jordan series, which we all, like, of course, I love Jordan. He, we talked about right. that last Jordan's episode, a give. but as a given that we talked about the last last episode too. So, and I remember specifically in my life. Uh, this was a time when my baby sister was about to be born and we were renovating our house and we were, me and my dad were watching the 95 and 96 finals in this tiny ass room on this tiny ass TV and <laughs> just watching Hakeem Olajuwon and Robert Ori and Vernon Maxwell, yeah, like win those, win, win those titles in between and Kenny Smith and like all these funny characters, but like Hakeem in those two years gets overshadowed in the history of the NBA. He was without a doubt, the best player in the league those two years, and people don't mention it enough. So my answer is Hakeem Olajuwon um, as my favorite player of that decade as kind of that unsung hero and, like, really humble guy that wasn't even trying to be flashy. And, like, I think he had, like, a Reebok shoe, maybe-ish. Hakeem did have a shoe deal, but I don't think – I don't know if it was – you're probably right on that. I'm not sure. He wasn't in – he wasn't part of that, like – I'm going to like, you know, try to market myself. He's just like, I'm just going to play basketball and I'm going to win the two titles that Jordan wasn't here for. And he was purely in sport culture. He's lucky Jordan wasn't there. So we'll throw it to, uh, let's go with Jim here um, on the nineties and what he experienced and, uh, pick a favorite player and maybe pick a favorite moment. Cause we could talk all day about the nineties, but for sure. Let's, let's hear what you say. I mean, um, from the from the nineties, like my favorite player is going to be Dikembe. Uh, nice. um, you know, <laughs> you know, Hawks fan. But uh, I feel right. like I, I want to talk about Jordan. You know, because I think that Jordan was a oppression um, uh, person in the league. He he could score from anywhere. 
Um, he was, you know, only medium size, not that strong, but that if we play kind of his, his game forward, um, we're looking at people like, you know, Embiid, uh, Dirk, you know, guys that can score from outside, but guys can also attack the rim. Um, uh, I, I mean, like, you know, Draymond Green uh, comes to mind. I mean, it, it's just it, he really fundamentally changed the league is that you've got to be, a, you know, a, a four or five tool player. Uh, and it, it's I think that he fundamentally improved the game, uh, made it much more watchable uh, yeah. and a lot more fun, um, uh, you know, of a thing to watch, you know, like the one scene, I guess that comes to, to, to mind, my favorite basketball thing ever was LeBron blocking, blocking that, uh, that shot or that layup, uh, uh, off the backboard, um, a few years ago, uh, when the Cavs came back and, and won that series and just Andre Godawa block like oh. seriously. Right. I mean, like that he's played, he literally played every minute of that game. He yeah. is dead exhausted. It's what the final minute of that game. Yeah. And he sprints over 90 feet to, you know, run down this, well, the, this damn shot. Yeah. We'll jump into that in the uh, 2010s decade, but yeah, no, I feel you <laughs> totally on that. Uh, well, I, if I had to choose a nineties favorite moment, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, yeah. I would definitely, uh, go with the Michael Jordan shot over, um, oh, Byron Russell. yeah, it was a Byron Russell. The, well, I would go with that shot or even the shot over what was his face? Uh, white dude from Cleveland, Craig uh, Elo, Craig Elo it should have been Ron yeah, Harper, hey, 30, 30, you know, 31 years ago this week. Exactly. But, you know, I'm just saying in the 90s in general, the Jordan shots are just the best moment in general. Right. Uh, my second favorite moment would be uh, Hakeem Olajuwon doing the dream shake on uh, David Robinson against the Spurs in the Western Conference. I think it was the semifinals. I don't think it was the Western Conference finals. But you have in the 90s so many great players. But my favorite player, if I'm going by my favorite, would be Tim Hardaway. Uh, What Tim Hardaway did was just such a – he had a level of dribbling – and a skill with the ball that transitions, you know, through different decades. Um, you know, to me, the best ball handler ever uh, who's underrated was, um, and Tiny, you'll like this, Sham God, uh, who came out in the later 90s, too. And Sham God's who you're seeing all the NBA uh, young players emulate, but he played high school in the New York area in the nineties, talking about the nineties and came out, uh, in college, played college for a little while as well. I believe he played with Ron Artest, if I'm not mistaken, in the late nineties at St. John's, but, yep. uh, I think you're right. but you had 
you know, so many great players coming out of college in the 90s, just starting their career that we're going to talk about in the 2000s. But my favorite player was Tim Hardaway. Yes, it's a Miami Heat faithful thing. I also loved Alonzo Mourning. And it was Golden State. You had great Golden State uh, memories with him and a young Chris Webber and Chris Mullen, probably the coolest white guy ever to play basketball. Uh, Can we all agree on that? Real quick, Chris Mullen, coolest white guy to ever play basketball until um, white Dante came I, I in mean, to Milwaukee. Like Bill Walton, man. Bill Walton's yeah, my guy. How, yeah, I would, would agree with him, but how cool. Pete Maravich was cool, tiny, but he came from Clemson. Cool. I can't let that go. <laughs> but, like, how how cool do you have to be to get punched in the face by Michael Jordan? So, like... Okay. Not yeah. that cool. He punched a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, Larry oh, Bird got almost killed by Dr. J, but that's another subject. For, we'll do punchable <laughs> white guys in the NBA as a whole different subject. There's a long <laughs> list. There's a long list. Kelly Olenek is at the top of that list. But oh my God, yeah, fuck him. <laughs> I, I'm a Miami Heat fan, and I agree. Fuck Kelly Olenek. I don't like does, him either. Does does Anderson Barajal count or It'll, we'll that, throw him in. We'll throw him in. We'll throw him in. But uh, like I said, white guy NBA is a whole nother. <laughs> but that, that's a whole nother episode. But in the 90s, no, definitely Tim Hardaway would be uh, yeah, my favorite absolutely. player for me. Uh, follow the best team of the 90s. The best team of the 90s. To me, it would be the Bulls. Uh, definitely. My favorite team would have been the Orlando Magic at that time. Just because the, the magic were so fun. Early rendition but, of the Bulls, or is it the later? Is it the first three or the second? It's the, the later because I don't remember the beginning. I only liked Rodman with the Bulls because my dad hated Rodman. So, I remember Rodman. But Rodman was a great athlete. That's a whole other thing. But we're going to move to the 2000s. We have uh, a, a generation where all of us were either uh, entering high school or at the end of high school. So it was kind of a very. A uh, unique period for I think all of us in terms of watching basketball and our analysis and understanding of the sport was probably uh, at a much higher level than it was in the 90s. Um, Mm-hmm. The 2000s, you have just such so many great names from, you know, Allen Iverson to one of the, my dark man. horse favorites, Malcolm, Marcus Camby, Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, the beginning of LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowinski, so on and so forth. It's probably the decade. Oh, Maybe, too. That Mike we'll throw we'll throw him in, but we'll but it's just the decade where the NBA exploded on television, exploded in video games, and mm-hmm. it was in your face. Uh, we had some of the great, some of the most unique inc- incidents ever. Uh, Malice at the Palace, for instance. But I'm going to start yeah. with you, Tiny, about. Uh, what were your thoughts on the 2000s and what was your favorite moment? All right. So to be like a quasi clip, where we could talk about this all night. Um, the Lakers three feet um, was phenomenal and I didn't love them at the time, but it was like watching greatness. Uh, maybe one of my favorite parts was that uh, Detroit Pistons team 
that uh, Malcolm mentioned earlier. Four. That's a four, baby. And, and I loved. Uh, I'll mark it there. Like pretty sweet, sweet, sweet bike there. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm outside. Okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah. To return to what I was saying about the 2000s and the I liked, Lakers. I liked how it kind of returned to the 80s classic team. So the Lakers had a three peat, the Celtics had a run. The Pistons had a run. So it kind of brought back those cities that were uh, more or less dormant during the 90s and had some really cool players. Um, I love Chauncey Billups, and I'll, I'll go ahead and say, and just to make my take pretty I quick. I love Chauncey Billups, too. Um, I think Ben Wallace was, like, my favorite player uh, of that decade. He did dirt. As, as, he did as, dirt. As like a dark horse, he won Defensive Player of the Year twice, and he just, like, I, I always love players. Shot. I always love players that like don't love the spotlight. And Ben Wallace was just like, I have a sweet ass fro and I fucking defend everyone. And we got a few titles and I didn't say shit about it. So it like, wasn't he from like my... VCU. No, I'll, I'll throw a corollary in there. Uh, I think the KG also kind of belongs in that category. South he, 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 de- he demanded the spotlight a bit more. He's but, a lot more mouthy you know, and a kind yeah, of dickhead. Yeah, at the same time, like he but was an really, amazing like, player, Tiny. Don't you ever forget that? Don't you forget <laughs> yeah, how great KG like is? So KG, and uh, he has a podcast. He put that Minnesota Timberwolves team on his back, and they would have won if anyone else but the Lakers were there. I digress. Dude, I was a baby with that Timberwolves Kevin Garnett jersey on. You know, oh, I yeah. loved him. I loved them from South Carolina. South Carolina. Come on. Come on, man. To tie the clue back to what you guys (laughs) didn't realize about Ben Wallace was Ben Wallace Wallace was a bullet at one point. Uh, We took him. We took him out of wherever the fuck he went to college. You're right, Jim. He did go somewhere weird, maybe in Virginia. But we had him as a rookie and got rid of him uh, along with Rasheed Wallace. So we dumped two great Wallaces. Rashid yeah. to Portland Union University. Rashid yeah, went to Portland. So we, there we go. So we, that's so a that's dumped, a right there. So we dumped two great Wallaces that won a title in Detroit. But mm. this has nothing to do with it. I promise. I loved Ben Wallace in the 2000s because he's one of those players that didn't like care about himself and just did his job and won a title and was cool as hell and won. Defensive Player of the Year twice, I'm pretty sure. And um, I'll skip I'll skip the order real quick and go to Mr. Templeton about his 2000s take. Yeah, I mean, uh, the 2000s was just a great era. You had a lot of dynastic uh, properties. I think the best team of the 2000s was the uh, San Antonio Spurs, honestly, just I, because of absolutely. Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili, and the greatest power forward of all time, Tim Duncan. But yep. I think that... Uh, my favorite player of that decade was definitely Dwayne Wade and just watching what right. he did. I think Dwayne Wade, if he did not suffer the knee injury he did in the, I believe it was 2007-2008 season, uh, you could have seen the next Michael Jordan 
you could have seen a multi MVP player. Uh, but, you know, that's like the same thing with Derrick Rose. We can talk about in the next decade. But uh, mine would be uh, Dwayne Wade just because of the Jordan like ability he had at attacking the rim and that being that small shooting guard, he had true ability uh, at cutting and he really was the flash. But uh, I'll throw it to you, Malcolm. How did you feel about the 2000s? I know we've had plenty of conversations in the past about uh, just classic 2000s stuff, and it feels like we're still in the 2000s sometimes uh, right. when we think about you better pick a You better pick a Western Conference team. I got an Eastern Well, Malcolm, Malcolm yeah. has some stories about some uh, Lakers championships too. So, Malcolm. Well, that's 2010. That's still, we'll throw it in there. We'll throw it in there. It'll count. Yeah, yeah. If if I had to pick my 2000s player, though, it's weird because at the beginning, it's it's all like Allen Iverson, you know, Mike Bibby. But then Kobe kept coming around as like the best guard. There was that middle time with D-Wade. You know, he came in, he flashed in a little bit. But it had had one championship. Yeah. Yeah. It had to be Kobe Bryant. Um just and the fact that Steve Nash got two MVPs in that decade shocks me when Kobe Bryant dropped 81 that season that he did not get an MVP. So it's just like this interesting transitional uh, period. But um, for me, it's it's the Lakers. It's 2010. Um, I had an opportunity to check that game and see a game seven over. Um, the Boston Celtics team, which was stacked, by the way. And I feel that Celtics team would have won if they had Kendrick Perkins, but he yeah. was injured. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm going to have to go with Kobe Bryant. My fondest memory is 2010, actually seeing a, a championship game and um, the pageantry of all of that, as well as people rioting. Like, <laughs> it was just shocking to me to see people rioting over <laughs> a game like I don't know, you know, I just look at it like, okay, you win, you lose, okay, go home. But um, nah, man, it, it was, to me, each decade, as we increase, the stakes get higher. The yeah. amount of eyeballs that are watching is more. Uh, the more influence of social media and all of that aspect. So that that 2010s, I, I could talk to it all day, but uh, that, that 2000, starting at 2010 was like a new wave to me in the NBA of uh, it becoming... Like a, well, a platinum diamond era. Yeah. Well, let's uh, just let's tiny, throw to Jim. Actually, Jim, Jim yeah. What's your, what's your uh, perspective on the two thousands basketball? Um, I think that my favorite team from that era. I, I at the time I was I was living in Gainesville, Florida, um, and so I had to kind of like adopt uh, a basketball team, uh, but that. The 07, 08 uh, uh, Magic were, it, they were just a really fun team. Um, they had a very, very young Dwight Howard uh, who right. hadn't really, you know, he hadn't yet grown into kind of like that persona that that he cultivated. Um, they had uh, Hito Turkoglu who was an excellent shooter. And, the Turkish you know, Michael Jordan. 
love that guy. Um, he, he, he could attack the rim. He didn't a lot, but he, um, he, he could. Rashard Lewis on that team, man. Yeah. I mean, just some. And Jameer Nelson. He's another underrated guy for the night. Yeah. Wonderful club. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think I, I would take those guys, um, from the, yeah, the mid, the mid aught, uh, Orlando magic that continuously lost to, uh, the Cavaliers in the playoffs. Yes, yeah. That LeBron um, James three. Yeah. They broke through I mean, one that was, time. That was yeah. like LeBron. And then Kobe first. beat him down. Yeah. Robbed uh, us of the LeBron James Kobe Bryant finals. I mean, it was, you know, a very young, like, what, 20-something LeBron just, you know, destroying them. Anderson Barajal was on those teams uh, for Cleveland. Uh, but I really liked watching those Orlando Magic teams. They were they were a lot of fun. Okay. Okay. Well, we're going to move uh, from the 2000s into – the 2010s uh because you know that's a good point leaving off with that magic team jim because that really was a transition team we saw where you see three-point shooting come to the forefront of the league where everyone's shooting threes because i think the magic were one of the first teams that we saw where it was one center and you know the the pistons inside outside ball yeah yeah it was was really effective because the pistons of the 80s were the first true team where you're seeing bill lambeer shoot three pointers and stuff you know Mm -hmm. everyone's hitting threes but in the 2000s you see mike van gundy institute that with the Orlando Magic. Going into the 2010 season, you see Steph Curry getting drafted from Davidson to a Golden State Warriors team where they have uh, some interesting players, Steven Jackson. They have Jason Richardson, who was one of the greatest dunkers ever. But you see the beginnings of the decade starting to happen literally at tw- in 2010, moving to 2011. 2011, you see the uh, Miami Heat making the big three uh, starting the decade and kind of foretelling what's to come in super teams mashing up, which uh, we hadn't seen really uh, since the L.A. Lakers doing it, getting Gary Payton, Carl Malone, and everyone on one team. Uh, well, but, I think the, the Heat was a little bit anomalous. They just wanted, like, there was so much muscle up front. Yeah. The, Between Bosch, LeBron, and it was and, and D Wade. It was like, three of the top fifteen NBA players joining up. Right. And we hadn't really seen that. We've seen older players get together, but that was kind of different. But whereas the Warriors, you know, they had a little bit more finesse. Yeah. But um I'll go ahead and start with my take and then we'll shift around. But uh mm-hmm. I really thought that the 2010s the, the aught teams, if you will, uh, were just really a decade where we see an evolution of the NBA kind of in the way that we saw uh, basketball being played from horizontal in the 50s and early 60s to above the rim 
in the late 60s and 70s. It's just that much of a heavy evolutionary difference, I think, where we see every player having to be able to shoot a three-pointer to truly be on the courts for significant minutes. If you're coming off the bench as kind of a guy to uh, give a foul or two or... You know, basically, I'm getting to Kwame Brown doesn't survive in this era. You have no. to bring something oh, no, to no. the Analytic. court. Analytics is analytics, like, as Malcolm's saying, is is, no is insane. But if I had to pick my favorite player of this era, it would definitely be LeBron James. Uh, just because, as again, a Miami Heat homer, I do love what he did. He, to me, has grown more than any player this decade because LeBron James in the first finals against the Dallas Mavericks looked inept. He looked scared, frightened. He didn't know what to do with the ball. Game four, he was letting the ball go. I think he scored six points. Dwayne Wade had nine. Bosh had like five. It was a terrible game. We got beaten by J.J. Barea and Tyson Chandler. You know, Dirk had an all-time great series, but LeBron yeah, came he went back through everybody. That, yeah, that he, he, they he killed everyone. LA, that was he went through Oklahoma City, but and then he went through Miami. But so. seeing the way that LeBron came into this decade, to the way he single-handedly beat a team in the Golden State Warriors with the Cleveland Cavaliers, not to mention the championships he won with Miami against the Thunder, and the San Antonio Spurs. He truly has overcome more mental blockage than I think any player in sports history. I truly do. I think this man has overcome a mental precipice that we haven't seen any player overcome. The Jordan rules were one thing, but Jordan really did get help. And there wasn't no like, social media back that's then. What, that's what I'm saying. Exactly, uh, Malcolm. There wasn't Skip Bayless screaming things about you and just I, nonsense that, things. The 10,000 yeah. whoever's tweeting yeah, exactly. about it. And but, uh, another 30,000. But, but LeBron's my favorite player. My favorite team of the decade uh, definitely is uh, – the Golden State Warriors, honestly, because uh, Malcolm and I, we were talking about them the day we met about Curry yeah. and Clay Thompson. I think the Golden State Warriors proved what a team can build through internal uh, drafting. They, they to me, are the most like the New England Patriots in the NBA. But I'm going to throw to you, uh, Tiny, with what was your, what have your thoughts on the 2010s been, and what have your uh, favorite players and favorite teams, been And memory. Um, yeah, like, I'm going to go instead of favorite team, because there's, I, I don't know if I have a favorite team. The uh, Wizards. My, well, it's the Wizards by default. Bradley like, Bill and the Wizards. And I'm going to go back on what Patch just said and said one of my favorite moments, honestly, because I loved Dirk and the, the Mavericks, yeah. is them them beating that initial Miami team was God damn you, Tiny. Them down. 
like I'm not down. knocking them down. I'm not knocking them down, but like if you look at it from an unbiased standpoint, and a lot, of, I didn't personally think this, but like a lot of people thought that that uh, you know assembling of players was unfair, and then this team of Dirk Nowitzki and Bereas and Naharaz and like Jason Terry's like beating them right off the bat was awesome. The like fucking that was jet. like, like, like I'm sorry, Pat, but, and I know you understand it. I like, hate that was the cool. jet. <laughs> that was kind of cool though. Like, so that, that's no, Jason my moment Kidd on that team. Fuck yeah. Jason Terry. No, no, yeah, Jason. Kidd. I hate yeah. Jason Terry. You got beat by a few guys named Jason. I hate but, uh, Jason Terry. He was, I but, uh, hate him. But besides that, um, and yeah, favorite team. I seriously do respect the Warriors. I'm not going to talk about it for long, but like, like Pat said, like they're they're amazing to watch, and they built themselves to the draft. They didn't like sign big free agents until Kevin Durant came around. But pre Kevin Durant, like you know, they it was they Andre right, Iguodala. They, that was they it. Did it the, they did it the right way. Um, but honestly, uh, and this kind of tracks with my theme so far my favorite player um is Kawhi Leonard uh he's a modest he's a modest guy uh he doesn't say much uh and just watching him play uh there's a lot of comparisons to Jordan with him as the new like next Jordan guy because the way he plays he's amazing on defense he shoots his fadeaways he can take you to the rim or he can pull up mid range. There's not a lot of like mid range guys anymore, but he can also, he can also knock down a three. So. And defense. Just, defense. Yeah. And so he, he, he came in young with the Spurs and won a title and felt that he was treated poorly and went to the Raptors on a rental and won a title. And now he's like, all right, yeah, I'll go to LA. And he's just, every time you watch him, He's just so multi-talented and every, you know, you see what he does on the court and his interviews are sometimes awkward, but I just love <laughs> those guys. I just love those guys that prove themselves on the court and don't try to be like this giant star. Like, I don't think he wants to be. So fair player of the decade right now is Kawhi. And I think going forward, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. I'm a huge LeBron fan, actually. So I want to see the battle of LA um, without a doubt, but I really like the way Kawhi goes about his business. No, Um, definitely. And uh, so Malcolm, how did you uh, feel about the decade in general? I want to tell tiny uh, or add on to the Kawhi story. So the Phoenix Suns had the ability to draft Kawhi Leonard. And during his like pre-draft interview, he actually sweat through his suit or shirt that he had because he was nervous so they passed on drafting him based upon solely that alone. and he played at san so diego he, state awkward. university cool. i like that he's awkward oh yeah he played uh san diego state university so he's yep. right over here yeah it's- and um I, I i like that he's awkward as well and it's just interesting that teams would put that past him. Like his performance on the court clearly outweighs it but let's speed it up um 2010's favorite team is the 2012-2013 Oklahoma City Thunder. Because I thought oh, yeah. they could have been what the yes. Warriors were. 
that could have been the drafted super Harden, team. Westbrook yeah. and yeah. Uh, Durant. And Ibaka. When, when I first met Pat. Yeah, and Ibaka. And um, and a late Kendrick Perkins somehow. Yeah, like Kendrick mm-hmm. Perkins, Nick Collison. And a lot mm-hmm. of great um, development there. Yeah. Um, especially uh, bringing in Ibaka and what that did to the NBA as far as like uh, opening up Africa a little bit more as far as um, a diplomat and uh, bringing that in international. Have Joel but, uh, I remember Serge when I met Ibaka. the first time, the two teams that came up were Oklahoma City Thunder and how they built their team and then the Warriors and how they built their team. Yep. And also, of course, both of us like Miami right then and there because we knew what was coming. I yelled still, at someone in their face about the Miami yeah, Heat beating yeah. the San Antonio we, Spurs. Absolutely. In their um, face at my, my house. Decade memory is probably that yelling. And then the MB, Miami Heat winning the second of the back-to-back championships. Oh, that's when uh, I yelled because the guys, the, the shit happened with Ray Allen. And I said, who do you think you right. are? I Ray am. Allen shot to me is possibly the greatest basketball shot I that and then the Kyrie Irving shot over uh, Steph Curry. Those two shots to me are like, whoa, this is fucking monumental. Like, well, this is the, do this you, is the shit. well, I know well, Jim's got. Do you some... remember where you were when Ray Allen hit that shot? Yeah, we were at, both. We were sitting together on the couch, and we had my exactly. neighbor we'll Gabe. My neighbor Gabe was sitting with us, and he was oh, going for the Spurs. And he was sitting in the middle of the brown leather couch that I have downstairs that you guys have sat on. And he and Malcolm and I were, well, I was sitting in the chair that I'm sitting in now. It was downstairs. It was at my old house on Bogart Street. And he was sitting there. He was talking. She was like, they're not going to win. They're going to lose. You see this? They got the tape out. Da, 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 da. And he was fucking with me. And when Ray Allen hit that shot, I fucking went to the fucking dude from the PBA from bowling. I can't remember his name. It's the Duke, the Duke whatever Weber. his name. Duke yeah. And I said, yeah. who yeah. the yeah. fuck yeah. do you think you are? I am. I've been waiting this whole fucking time. Whether you like it or not, you have to fucking look at it. And he got out of my house. And we <laughs> but I think the underrated hero for that sequence <laughs> is Chris Bosch getting the rebound because nobody gave yeah, Chris yeah. Bosch enough credit. Uh, right. so, but my favorite player uh, of that decade of the 2010s, Ots. Oh, fuck. Okay. My favorite player is a. a Damn. Say it, Clay Thompson, uh-huh. Malcolm. You know it's Clay Thompson. It, it's either Clay Thompson or James Harden because I saw a game that was Stanford versus Arizona State when I was out here, and also I saw a game that was uh, U of A versus UCLA where I got to see like Westbrook, Kevin Love. Um, You're gonna go James with Harden the accountant. And seeing what what the NBA was going to build on, kind of like you're seeing gonna, it before it happened. So you're you know? going with so, the accountant, yeah. the guy that's the foul I'll accountant. Say Clay, I'll say Clay Thompson is my favorite, uh, probably my favorite player. Clay Thompson's the cold blooded killer. Yeah, him or James Harden. Clay Thompson looks like the guy that'll steal your girl in college. The guy that wears specific <laughs> like he wears phone posits <laughs> in college. And always has that same facial hair and steals your girl. Uh, He's the quiet guy at the party, 
that just is over there macking on your girl. That's what he does. Uh, Jim, yeah, yeah, I know you have some some thoughts and feelings on the 2010, particular the Cleveland Cavaliers versus the Golden State Warriors series and uh, how those turned out. I know you loved that entire kind of chronology. So what was your feelings on the decade of the 2010s as the as a whole? And who was in particular your favorite player? Um, uh, my favorite NBA team, obviously, was the 2015-16 Hawks. Um, they won. Good God, what, man! 20, they did. They, they didn't win anything. What Budenholz? We're going Budenholz. They. They destroy. They didn't destroy, but they what was his the name? The it went mine. and then got annihilated by the cat. Schroeder is Schroeder your favorite player of the decade, dude? Why was it Josh Smith your favorite player of two thousands? It should have been Josh Smith. Jay Smooth gets an honorary mention by Jim for his Hawks love. I love Josh Smith, by the way. Okay. He was underserved. <laughs> Here's Jim. He is a very good player. Here's Jim's he four decade players Dominique <laughs> Wilkins, Dikembe Mutombo, Josh Smith slash Marvin Harrison, and Come Dennis on. Schroeder. Malcolm, hey, Malcolm you're going to indict me for these guys? I love no, you. No. Yo, that Atlanta Hawks team was interesting because each player left the team and then they were significant role they players. Were all bad. You know, and they did very well. The Hawks <laughs> played Schroeder is getting a multi-million dollar deal. No Seriously, one goes dude. to Hulk games <laughs> except <laughs> away fans. Al, Al Horford. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, like, who hadn't done who no, didn't do no, shit like, until he Hawks. went to Boston? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me tell you a story about this about that hockey Jim, 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 wrap it up. Wrap it up. Like they won twenty two or twenty three games in a row. You lost legitimacy when you brought up the Hawks the in the twenty tens. A record or something. And um they had Gary Payton one year. Does that not count? <laughs> I want to say the Hawks are building now, currently, as presently constructed. I like what they're yeah. doing. I like what they're Hold doing. Hold on. Okay, so in in whatever year it was, 2015-16, that season, they they let one of the writers at Deadspin, uh, Drew McGarry, take over their Twitter account uh, to run their Twitter account for like 24 hours. And he ended up getting them banned from Twitter because he just was so vulgar and bad. Mm-hmm. But they, at that point, they had won 22 straight games and they had changed their Twitter account name to Hawks, but with like 22 W's or whatever. Um, but yeah, at any rate, like, you know, they went to the playoffs that year. They, you know, they beat, uh, uh, the Wiz in the first round. They lost to LeBron. In the oh, that's round. nothing like, to beat to the Wiz in the yeah, first round. Not, that's yeah, like right, that's right. like yeah. But continue. Wrap up with your favorite. Go favorite player. You've right. you've done enough with this. My favorite. My favorite player is Trey Young. And it, okay, and the good God. 
good is because God, man, he can, he can hit the three from anywhere, but also his assist game, like his the worst defensive the player reel. in the NBA. Dude, he, dude, I, Patrick, he's Trey Young is in my office Jeff, right now. He, he will Jeff. give you an assist. You're two blocks away from my house. He will throw you an assist right now. Yes, he's an amazing offensive player, but he's the worst defensive player. In the top 15 players him. in the NBA, but he's a top five I point guard. Him. He's a great point guard. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So and we're going to, we're going to wrap up there and go into <laughs> our final, final take. Um, good God. Oh, saw what Trevor Ariza did to Trey Young though, right? Yeah. A re- little Ariza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't let him come to a real dog and try all that stuff. I'm surprised. That we'll, it's a gym. we'll go. We'll, we'll have a whole episode in the future dedicated to our blue favorite guys. Do, blue guys, well, blue guys uh, is blue guys. one and the next the next episode we'll do in the future far future after this series of episodes is about our most underrated players is each decade so we can talk about like blake griffin and people like that but Absolutely. we're gonna wrap up this show we're gonna make our final picks on what was your favorite decade and I which decade do you think was best we're gonna go jim uh, or uh, yeah, we'll go Jim, Tiny, Malcolm. Perfect. Lightning round. Lightning round. Uh, Jim, who oh. was? What was your favorite decade? And which decade do you actually think was best? So heart and mind. Uh, my favorite decade was uh, the most recent, the the teens. I loved watching the, the Cavs and the Warriors uh, do it out. Uh, mm-hmm. It was the one that I understood the most and could contextualize the most. Uh, I wasn't a kid. I was, you know, an adult that could uh, see what was happening. It was awesome. And you were a learned doctor. So that's also what you think is the best decade. Also true. Yes. Okay. Uh, Tiny, favorite decade and which decade do you think is the best? Uh, favorite. It's not close. It's the nineties. Um, it was when I loved basketball the most in my life. And in turn, the basketball that I viewed was amazing and legendary, uh, best, uh, it's between the 2000 and the eighties, but I think the eighties had this, you know, caliber of players across the league that were just so good and so innovative so favorite 90s best the 80s all right malcolm favorite and what do you think's the best my favorite 90s the nostalgia and also this that olympic year in the 90s it's always imprinted in my mind yeah also um those bulls teams and the best is the 2000s i believe the 2000s is the best you have the perfect bridge between old school and what was left uh, from the 90s and 80s, as well as the elevation of what was coming, what was to come in the new school uh, okay. with the evolution of three point game. So I'm going to agree with you, Malcolm, uh, on one of your points. Uh, I think that my favorite decade was the 1980s because you saw such a level of superstardom come out in the NBA uh, where you saw more than just like one or two players being truly outstanding and transcendent. And you saw, you know, five to ten players 
And then you see that talent growth from there. I think that was really the beginning. But my uh, best decade, I think, is the 2000s. I'm going to agree with you because I think that was the last amazing decade of hardcore defense. And I really think that the styles of defensive implementation that we saw through Greg Popovich into Phil Jackson and that Lakers team in the beginning into Larry Brown and the Pistons, so on and so forth. I don't think we're really going to see blue collar teams like that winning in the NBA. Uh, you know, the we we had some teams kind of in the running for that, the Jazz, but I don't think they they're ever really going to get there. But I think I will it, say that we haven't. Uh, mentioned officiating or changes i guess in officiating the, rule, the uh, changes and rules have been uh greatly impactive of the game but i think that's kind of an outside it, it is a big factor but i think it's kind of outside of this debate more so but uh no i'm gonna go with the 2000s as my overall best decade i think but so we have a lot of differing uh, views on best. I think we're tied with 2010s and 2000s is the best decades, if I'm not mistaken, and favorite decades. Uh, we have two for the 90s, one for the 2010s, and one for the 80s. So that's a good split. No one's favorite was the 2000s, so that was like a trash decade, apparently. But... Uh, I think this was a very good dive back in the nostalgia of the NBA for all of us because we do all truly love the NBA and have a connection individually to the NBA in one way or another. Uh, but we're going to have some more of these discussions, I think, in terms of really the last 40 years of sports now that we're in this sportless time at the beginning of this new decade. So this is truly going to be a first for us in the sports community experiencing this. There's a lot of sports to talk about. There's a lot of sports past to talk about, and we're going to do a lot of that on the show. I think next week we're actually going to dive into the baseball, if I'm not mistaken, a little bit through the years. I hope so. I yeah, believe I so. we are. And uh, we'll have plenty uh, plenty of nostalgia-filled sports content coming, plenty of hip-hop-fueled uh, content coming. Uh, I know we really haven't talked a ton of hip-hop stuff recently, but real quick, since we have run over time a little bit, it doesn't fucking matter. It is what it is. Um, I know Malcolm and I have talked about this a bunch. Uh, we've had a lot of artists in hip-hop dealing with uh, coronavirus and having gone through COVID-19 and some passing from COVID-19, uh, Fred the Godson unfortunately passed uh, a few weeks ago from the coronavirus. Uh, we know that Scarface had the coronavirus, Malcolm, and yeah. uh, also West Side Gun had coronavirus and is recovering from that and has recovered from that. But we've so seen a lot of... Yeah, we've seen a lot of player. Uh, we've seen a lot of NBA players and a lot of sports players in general having to deal with complications, but also a lot of people yeah. in hip hop, which is the uh, one of the backbones of our show that really fuels <laughs> the kind of concept that we came out with to mm -hmm. begin the sports show. So we always want to, you know, 
wish well to all the hip hop artists that, uh, you know, we used to kind of project our uh, feelings at the end of the show. But, uh, you know, everyone dealing with COVID-19 and everyone uh, dealing with the effects and fallout of COVID-19, whether it be health or finances or well-being in general we wish you the best but uh for the sports the show as always i am dj pat nasty and i'm with tiny and dr jim and also malcolm marzette and hi malcolm (laughs) hi malcolm peace take care be safe y'all we will see you guys next week as always on the sports the show thank y'all what you know about this beat you need to get you one man stop playing it feels good it feels free it feels it feels good I don't need no sympathy I'm the GOAT till infinity I wrote with intensity Plus my potent delivery I just hope they remember me When them broke niggas mention me It don't make no sense to me Cause they know they can't fuck with me Guess them whole niggas envy me But if those niggas get to me Let's say those niggas finish me Bro just go to dispensaries And smoke to my memory You know a nigga I love Got mad and ran to the internet And spoke what he did for me Yo you know you offending me I don't owe you a penny Don't wanna smoke and sip Hennessy And it's not cause I don't love you I just don't need your energy They love you when you up Look how my phone ring consistently if i ever go broke again bet they won't ring a cent to me they can't eat like i'm eating because niggas don't know the chemistry rocking bathing ape shit from tokyo they just sent to me but i was getting money I'm talking about real money see other dealers were selling at the highest price they could get i sold it cheaper so i was selling the fast i sold it so cheap i started taking the customers I'm about to drop off the bag, off the bag. I'm about to drop the bag. I'm about to drop the big bag. I'm shoot about to come and do you bad. Do you bad? When I drop off the bag. When I drop off the big bag. I'm about to drop the bag. Drop the bag. I'm about to drop the bag. I'm about to drop the big bag. I'm shoot about to do you bad. Do you bad? When I drop off the bag. Johnny, your cousin, what's up? I need that dot. 
Survive the land of the scandalous We came and scanning this I adapt, fuck disadvantages Wise men put the bread over the beef like sandwiches Fuck a life sentence, feed your fam That's the manuscript Me or you, I never hesitate to squeeze the canister Catch you on the stairs and knock your body off the banister Nigga, we eating All I know is buying and sell My reality is digi-scales and clientele Dick sucks from bad bitches Loud weed and lobster tail Make a half a pound sales by the Taco Bell How could I not excel if I'm playing it properly Out the rise of stock and cop property Got infinite potential, ain't no ceilings I can grow far as the eye can see Came a long way from pulling blocks and robberies Mommy told me reach for the stars I was made in his image, so yes, that makes me a god. Plug told me he doubled my order if I go large. Get your money and stay low, the world is already yours. For real. Yeah, 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 hold the fuck up. 
We'll take this little intermission and listen what the fuck I got to say, you know? I've been doing this shit for years, holding heat, selling, using, abusing all kinds of drugs, robbing niggas, running up in niggas' cribs, and up the whole shit. So never in your life get me confused with some of them other niggas that you might see on TV or hear on the radio and such. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is me. I'm speaking for my fucking self. When you see me at the show, on stage, on the street, I definitely get to get on me, you know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? And it ain't like I'm trying to be a tough guy. I'm trying to make people think I'm crazy by saying all this shit. What it is that I know how niggas gets down, right? I used to be in the clubs, the music, something, fuck. Niggas get their little drink on, having fun with their little crew, you know what I'm saying? Start cutting, shooting, whatever, things like that. A lot of these so-called rap niggas ain't never seen no parts of that shit, you know what I'm saying? Think where I'm coming from? Up, and I know a lot of y'all niggas, matter of fact, all y'all niggas right now listen to this shit. Like, yeah, yeah, we gon' see these niggas, we gon' see what they about, you know what I'm saying? Touch niggas, see what they love with their heads let y'all niggas know right now, you know what I'm saying? You ain't gotta waste your time or your money on your hospital bills. And if you stress me on a personal level, I don't back down easy, you know what I'm saying? There's a good chance your ass is gonna get shot, stabbed, and knuckled down, one out of the three. So again, what you like, dude, word up and believe me. I know very well I can get shot, stabbed, or fucked up too, whatever. I ain't super nigga, I'm a little skinny motherfucker. It's all about who gets who first, though, you know what I'm saying? So therefore, say no more to all my niggas. Get the money front, niggas get the seats. And oh yeah, told them rap ass niggas with your half ass rhymes. Talk about how much you get high, how much weed you smoke, and that crazy space shit that don't even make no sense. Don't ever speak to me when you see me, you know what I'm saying? Word. Like to get on some possible shit, start punching niggas in their faces for living. Yo, I'm finished when I had to say. Y'all can continue I used to sell crack to my family My mom ain't understand me I went to granny, didn't want nothing in my pantry This shit was good As long as niggas need nose candy I'm shooting out the Grand Prix I was raised to ride for my family uh, We came from residue Right on my living room table No cable, wasn't no horses Up in my stable Now I'm in the GLE coupe Right on Rodeo uh, I'm just fading the block Shipping getting fatal Smoking out the fago. I used to fuck your bitch in my old swagos. Now I lay low and stack up my pesos. Uh, I make my own money. I don't need no label. We can't move on your time. We can't do what you say. So I'm grateful uh, and I'm thankful. When they don't love you, they hate you. But most importantly, don't let them break you. Niggas just want a bad bitch that's faithful and a rape too. Had to get it out the mud. A lot of niggas had to give it to him. Had to go get it. You no. Know? Uh, yo, I'ma sip this Remy. I'ma take y'all there. Yo, yo. Uh, my mom told me I was different. I went with it and used it to my advantage. Now we ain't Christian. Look at us, nigga. I'm one of the youngins who listen. I should be listed. That's one of the greatest niggas that ever did it Facts. Another year with nothing for Christmas Nothing in my kitchen Made me hungry but I wasn't tripping I swear you couldn't live in my conditions mm -hmm. Fell down on my knees so many times and prayed And the Lord was my witness 
all the niggas I shot, I ask for forgiveness And every lick I hit, I broke bread with my niggas My grill rose gold, Cartier's is vintage And every time you see us, my niggas, we winning We the realest, we the realest Everybody can't do this, you feel me? Make classic shit, you know? This shit gonna be, this shit gonna be hot 20 years from now, you know? Hot 20 minutes. Fly neighbor here. Keep on.